Hello and welcome to our first real episode of Taking the Stand, a podcast show about uh, liberty and law um, and uh, freedom and fighting, whatever alliteration works for you. I'm Hamon Petulius, I am the director of the Freedom Advocacy Network and I host Taking the Stand, uh, where we bring you our weekly dose of a legal update on the fight going on for liberty. And joining me is Ben Kun, a crucial member of the Fan Justice Project team. Ben, thank you very much for joining. How's it, Herman? How are you doing? Well, I must say I have just come out of load shedding. We shouldn't call it load shedding, should we? We should call it what it is. It's rolling blackout. So I've just come out of a rolling blackout. I'm glad to be online. Uh, I, I, I've Frankly, I don't know how people uh, before electricity did it. Uh, well, um, I should probably just, you know, ask my parents perhaps. No, I'm kidding. They're not that old. Right. So um, for, for our audience at, uh, at home, um, the Fan Justice Project um, is about making the law about protecting your freedoms and using whatever means we can uh, to make it about your freedom and really to change the courts into an arena for the battle of ideas to make sure that we don't just put up with bad law when it is made, but we challenge it, we call it out, and we don't always expect to win. That's that, uh, an important thing to, to realize. We don't always expect to win these court cases, but winning um, isn't always the point. Now, that might be self-defeating if you're in a conflict situation, but the, the real thing that we must realize, and the research shows this time and time again, that the courts of law are downstream from public opinion. So if you can use the courts of law to influence public opinion, you create this healthy feedback loop of freedom mattering to those people who make and interpret law. So, Ben, let's get started. In the in the few weeks that the Fan Justice Project has been active, um, we've done a few things, uh, started a few you know, legal uh, uh, skirmishes, if you had to pick one uh, that you think really merits a bit of a discussion, a bit of a mention, what would you go for? Sure. So we've, we've got a couple of very cool ones. Um, I mean, we wrote a letter to Supra about the vaccines, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But one that I was more intimately involved in was uh, the PostNet matter, which um, involves um, the post office uh, wanting a monopoly on all parcels or packages of one kilogram or less. Um, so what I had to do for that was I had to analyze a a ruling made by ICASA, which is an independent communications authority of South Africa. And they're basically just a regulatory oversight body. Um, and they, the PostNet took um, the post office to court on on that um, uh, with regards to the one, one, one kilogram um, rule. And ICASA found that the post office has um, a monopoly on all um, packages of less than one kilogram or one kilogram or less. Um, now, Luckily, uh, the PostNet managed to get an interdict on that ruling. So they are still allowed to deliver um, packages of one kilogram or less in the meantime. Uh, before it goes to the high court. But what we did is we we saw that this could be very, very uh, 
sort of dangerous. You know, there's a lot of important things that get um, delivered of one kilogram or less, like medicine, um, sort of little devices that are very important for everyday functioning in, in work, especially with everyone working from home. So we wrote to all the interested parties. So the interested parties would be all the Korean or uh, the Korean uh, companies. Um, so not just PostNet, because this ruling would affect all of them. And we basically mm -hmm. said that we would like to join um, the proceedings when it goes to the Gauteng High Court, which it is scheduled to do sometime this year. And we would like to be an amicus curiae. So that's a Latin phrase for friend of the court. Mm -hmm. um, and what that would allow us to do is go to court and take forward some of our arguments um, and let them play out in court. So a lot of freedom arguments, uh, competition arguments, you know, and yeah, so that's what we decided to do there. And we've written to all the, the interested parties and we, we're waiting to hear back from them. Yeah, I think I think that's such a a good summation of what this issue is about, and and also perhaps we can stand still for a moment on this idea of an amicus curiae or a friend of the court. It's a, it's a very interesting you know uh, legal thing to do because usually in in a, in a court of law. Uh, you've got the two parties. In most cases, that, that fan uh, will be getting involved in. You've got the the applicant and the respondent, um, and uh, you also in in other cases, you've got the I think the plaintiff and the defendant. My disadvantage is that I studied these things uh, in Afrikaans, so sometimes I, I just need to remember what's this uh, what is this English uh, terminology thing. But um, so you've got these two opposing sides in a court case. But a friend of the court joins legal procedure, and you must help me write if I'm uh, if my legal knowledge is a bit rusty here. Um, joins the procedure not specifically on one side or the other, but it's a friend of the court. So it's there to guide the court's judgment, to help the court make up its mind in this dispute. No, it's quite correct. We don't we don't choose a side. We choose an argument uh, when you join as amicus curiae. So we we want. To, um, to put forward an argument that we believe in. So, you know, we argue and advocate for freedom at FAN. So we would um, look for uh, an avenue, uh, an argument to, to do that, and that's what we would go and do. We, um, we're not, um, you know, siding with one of the parties. We are that we're basically trying to get the best law judged on in the courts, is my understanding of, of the amicus curiae. Yeah, it's it's that's my understanding as well. So either we're both right or we're both wrong. I'm I'm sure we'll find out at some point. But when it comes to freedom, one thing that was quite interesting uh, for me when we researched um, and considered the legal strategy for joining as a friend of the court, um, because at at Fan, uh, at part of the Justice Project is. I mean, it's in the name, freedom. How is freedom affected by a specific case? And, and I must say uh, one thing that stood out for me uh, from this situation um, is uh, perhaps a, a bit of an obscure point, and I hope we get to argue it in court. It's that rules like these, that um, the post office, which is an SOE aligned with government, uh, can, can use its uh, statutory and perhaps government hard power or soft power to establish a monopoly on things is quite economically exclusionary. I mean, if, if you're a young guy in a, in a suburb or a township and, and you think, my, well, the job market sucks, 
Um, but I've got a driving license. I've got an entrepreneurial spirit. I know people need to get stuff delivered to them. Let me start a small scale courier. This sort of ruling, am I right? It excludes people from this sort of economic opportunity that might not be attractive to everyone, but it's making it more difficult to become economically free, as it were. Yeah, no, that's completely correct, especially in a country like ours where, um, you know, there aren't a lot of job opportunities. Uh, they're not falling out of the sky. So if you are innovative like that and you think, sure, this, th there's, there's a gap in the market here. Uh, maybe I can do this to, to earn a bit of a living. Um, there's, there's red tape around that. And th this, this um, court ruling would, would um, really not allow you to do that at all. So that is, that's a bit worrying and it's, it's not good for the, mm -hmm. for the people of this country. I must say it's always to be fascinating when uh, the government, who purports to be about economic inclusion, economic inclusion, time and time again, um, parts of the government or parts of the state even, make policies and decisions and rules and rulings that are economically exclusionary. Um, and I mean, that's just that's just counterproductive. We're not saying, oh, let it all go. We need no regulation. But but something like this, I, I just think um, is 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 it quite a bit, you know, it verges on the petty, it verges on the on, on, on the silly. And and what 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 I clearly what, what I remember in our strategic discussions about this is is thinking, my goodness, if if the post office can will be allowed to do this, if this sort of regulation is entrenched in law um, in, by, by a court judgment, it sort of lays the precedent for stuff like, you know, uh, what's the relationship between SABC and Netflix? Um, will the SABC be able to use this legal precedent, this level of power to start manipulating the entertainment market? So this isn't just a narrow thing. It, it creates a sort of a well, it creates a precedent, creates a, a new way of doing things. So, um, yes, yeah, I think there might sure. be a Sorry, I just lost slight delay. For a bit there, but I, I got... Apologies. There's a bit of... Yeah. Um, but what is quite worrying is the fact that in the, in the South African... Postal Services Act, they have um, created this this monopoly for for the post office. So if the court um, were to just judge on the law at, that it sees, it would arrive at the conclusion that the South African post office has a monopoly on one kilogram or less um, parcels. Um, I mean, Ivor uh, Vector wrote a, a great piece in the Daily Friend about it. Um, so it would be very... I mean, that's that's where you see the the role of uh, of the courts as well. So I think that's why it's important for us to to be able to go there and to make these arguments to the to the to the judge, um, and you know, try and hope for the best, really. And I must say, on the on the the note of hoping for the best, just today, just today, we uh, we gave instructions to our uh, legal team. You're looking at a chunk of it, but we have uh, other co colleagues and, and and people behind the scenes acting. Uh, in, you know, yes, yes, and 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 myself as well. Um, 
we have today given the instruction um, that uh, we will uh, file uh, an access of information request on another monopoly that seems to be crumbling before our eyes, and that is the monopoly of ESCOM. Interesting times. Oh dear, I see we only have two minutes left, and I, I need to get to the to the topic that sort of triggered the uh, the, the naming of this episode. Is uh, someone rigging the sales of vaccines? Let me quickly run through the facts, and then I will try to do it within the next 34, 35 seconds. So SAPRA is uh, the body in South Africa responsible for the approval of medication for common sale and use in South Africa. Now, we all know during this COVID period, um, the approval of vaccines, whether they are safe or not, has been such a crucial part of these sorts of entities across the world. But a very interesting set of facts have uh, now developed where Johnson Johnson, one of the vaccine manufacturers, seems to have negotiated with SAPRA where Sopra said to Johnson Johnson, we will allow the use and sale of your vaccine in South Africa, but, and here's where it gets dodgy, only if you just sell your vaccines to the government. Problem number one, that's not Sopra's role to negotiate that sort of thing, but in the last 40 seconds, it's a freedom thing again, isn't it, Ben? It's a freedom thing where people aren't being allowed to buy and sell, and you've got these corporates and state bodies sort of possibly rigging the system. Yeah, and causing harm, really, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a an interesting one that um, we hope will will um, materialize. Um, yeah. And in the last 10 seconds, ah, oh, geez, I managed this time awfully. I'll be better next time, I promise. Um, we're also joining, seeking to join when this thing, if it goes to the high court, we will seek to join, Fan will seek to join as a friend of the court. And you will see a pattern emerging that wherever Fan invests our resources, gets involved, it's about freedom. It's about making sure that you, the individual citizen, is not, you know, messed around by the law but that the law is about your freedom and not about the interests of powerful people. And with that, I'm going to land this badly managed episode. My hosting skills clearly need work, but all I can say is your freedom is worth fighting for. Uh, and join us and follow us uh, on this podcast series and in the work we do as we fight for it. Ben, thank you very, very much. Everyone at home, we'll see you next week. Cheers.